doing <laughs> we were doing the the helix and i'm a, yeah i'm a big fan of the line six helix like mm. like it, it's one of the things of the spider app and concept is cool mm-hmm. but like any sort of like hardcore fan base mm. if the fan base is shitty then the product <laughs> becomes shitty mm-hmm. and uh with and because line six the only thing that really they have their name beforehand was the spider yeah but it's like hey here's a cheap amp that does basically anything but like all right yeah and then, <laughs> so now the helix is like hey if you can learn a new daw and a new cool new setup you don't ever have to buy gear again yeah yeah <laughs> and and it and it works mm-hmm. like it truly works <laughs> i i i've never played one but like just seeing that and I'm like, it's nuts oh, man i can like, not have a pedal board i already don't have a pedal board so i mean it does it does everything for you yeah, yeah. And so it's like because like there's times where john's just like we play we played shows like when we play with electric airways he's like okay for like i mean he's gotten to the point where now he goes into uh he takes isolated guitar tracks mm-hmm. puts them into his helix and goes into look at like the sonic format of like how the wave goes and everything mm-hmm. like that and he looks at it and then he just sets his preset that he makes himself and programs mm-hmm. himself. He's like, okay, with the Helix, it's like John's gone in and like taken guitar tracks. I saw him do it with like Interstate Love Song because mm-hmm. he's a big Stone Temple Pilots fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like just copied as much as he can with just minus the fact of he doesn't have the same hands. Mm. <laughs> um, and... So, like, you can, I mean, to the point where now it's, like, if, he, when he plays it, I can't tell the difference. Yeah. Like, between the track and that, it's, it's, like, if you can just learn it and you know what you're doing, it's, it's, mm-hmm. you don't even have to bring an amp. You just plug it in and go through front of the house. Right. You don't have to have an amp. It does everything <laughs> for you. Yeah. I'm not a real big tone guy anyways. Like, I never I'm not a guitarist. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, and as a bass player, it's, I've always been so plug and play. Like, I own my, within the last, like, year, I bought my first, like, pedal for myself. Mm-hmm. And it was a compressor. Just so mm. I could play that on a, on a, on a two ten, mm. because that thing is loud and it, those pickups are hot. What is that thing? That, oh, that's a audio podcast. Yeah, audio <laughs> podcast. Look at the visual. Um, no, it's uh, my sub four string. Like it's essentially the easy way to say it is it's it's Music Man's Squire, hmm. but uh, they're cheap mm-hmm. and they sound great. Mm-hmm. They're they have a very specific sound as a, as opposed to like my other bass, which also has a very specific sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get the cool, big, huge soap bar pickup. Um, and you don't have to spend $4,000 on a stingray. Like, <laughs> like I think the, the model that that thing's modeled after like was on sale for 1500. Hmm. And I bought that for, I think three twenty. Okay. And the, the difference is more machine than hands touched it. And it was assembled in, I think, it might be, it might be Indonesia, but that's like a lot of guitars. So, <laughs> but no, it's great. I love that thing. I, I use it so I don't have to bring my Rickenbacker everywhere. Yeah. So if I go play like a crappy area of town, oh, yeah. I don't want to lose my expensive <laughs> rare instrument as opposed to like, oh, I can, I can, I can find another one. Yeah. Yeah, no. Anytime I see a Rickenbacker somewhere, I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> like, please yeah. be careful. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, it's, and I love that bass. And, like, I'm now to the point to where I, the only thing that's a downside on a Rickenbacker is I don't like that it's a through neck anymore. I love the sound of, like, through necks. Mm. Mm. And I love, yeah. I love how, because they're super poppy. 
mm-hmm. super loud because it's all one piece. Mm-hmm. It all holds everything together. Yeah, yeah. But I also, if that neck, if something ever horrible happens to that neck, yeah, I have a sixteen hundred dollar paperweight. Yeah, as opposed to, I can just pop that thing off and put a new one on there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if uh, you know Sam. Yeah, yeah. I talked to him a few weeks ago when yeah. I saw you at the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they just like let me walk right on up there. Yeah, well, you probably shouldn't have been able to do that. But... <laughs> <laughs> People know you. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I wonder if he's ever worked on uh, doing it. I'm sure he has. Yeah. Uh, he'll like post pictures on his Instagram yeah. about the stuff I, that he's I, fixing. I, I look at all of it. I yeah. look at all of it. I love uh, fans' Instagram. Yeah. And all his handbook guitars. I'm like, thank you for building something that's like interesting to look at yeah that's my biggest complaint with guitars now I even said if I ever make guitars now, there'd be like five guitars on the wall right yeah there's only like five that look good to me mm. I wouldn't have like any Stratocasters because mm. I don't like them really I'm not a fan <laughs> like I know they can do everything and their necks are great I think like because they look all the same mm. they're really boring to me yeah I like the Telecaster because it looks a little bit different and it mm-hmm. does the same thing like granted like, that's just a Fender P-Bass body with a different pickup mm-hmm but it's it sounds different. It's a like the teardrop makes it look a little different. Mm-hmm. The neck's fatter. It's a nice color. It's a nice color. I wish it was a little <laughs> bit darker, but instead of mint, I wanted it more seafoam. But it's different. <laughs> and it's the same reason about the Rickenbacker. Is it specific sound? It looks different. Mm-hmm. I have that. I'm aesthetics. It's it's not good to have, but aesthetics first and then tone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, that's like. I don't, again, I'm not a tone guy. Yeah. So, like, uh, you have to like my, you my strat has a rosewood neck because I like the darker look. Yeah. I bought the maple neck because I was like, I have rosewood on everything. Mm. And I like that look too. Mm. But the other model was like, the, the two other models that were there, which normally I'm big on just like wood finish. Mm. I'm big on just wood finish. Yeah, yeah. Like, if all, like, if all my things were like mm-hmm. walnut, maple, like yeah. I would love it. Um, or even just blonde. Uh, but I bought the maple neck specifically because the other one was like a darker blue, but still had the wood grain, mm. but it was rosewood neck. The other one was like a dark wood and, um, a rosewood neck. And I wanted the maple because it's a little more poppy. Mm-hmm. doesn't like soften it too much. And so I got it. I mean, like it's, all, it's almost unrecognizable. Right, right, right. But it's just like <laughs> if I was, I wanted something that like when I played it, you could hear it. That was mm-hmm. the goal. And so I got, I got an active pickup, mm-hmm. a big pickup, mm-hmm. and like as much maple as I could. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, so for people to stop tuning out on the incredibly specific <laughs> guitar talk that people don't know about, uh, <laughs> um, what have you been up to? It's been like two years since you've been on the podcast? Yeah, we, we were, I, uh, we were Almost at, two years. We were at Tokyo and Tulsa last time in that hotel. Yeah, yeah. By my old house. Yeah, no. I wasn't. <laughs> I don't think I was even dating Melissa at that point. No. Um, no. Uh, Crash Course. Um, <laughs> got out the album and all that stuff. Did all that stuff. Got it all done. Uh, started the second project and bit off a little bit more than I could chew with it. and But in a good way. Like if you're not afraid of what you're making, mm-hmm. then you're right, right, right. probably not where you should be. Yeah. Um, love what you're making yeah oh this is a lot but i'm excited yeah no. <laughs> um what went to what was originally going to be like uh and i'll clear the the air on titles because some people don't get that i'm doing a new band setup technically 
I'm still debate. We're still debating on like, do we call it? Because the band name that John and I came up with was Balefire because of Wheel of Time because we're both fans. Mm. And um, then, so Balefire being the band with me, you know, Zach says, one of my other guitar players says, I think we should just call it Metroid Bug because you already have the groundwork. Mm-hmm. And then I have John and my other guys who like, I want to make sure that they get credit because right. like it would just be another chiptune album mm-hmm. if I didn't have like all these amazing musicians behind me. Right, right. Um, and I want to make sure that they feel like they're mm-hmm. a part of it. And so I was like, okay, a band name kind of like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm in this. It's like, because I'm not, I'm not Marilyn Manson, you know? <laughs> it's like, I don't have this. I'm not a Rob Zombie. I'm not big enough to be like, yeah, I, the band's, or Danzig's like, this is my thing, so it's me. Mm-hmm. And like, they're there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to make sure they feel a part of it, which is my big goal. And like, some people have said, you should change the name and just be part of it. Metro should just be the solo stuff, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, it was, it went from being like, uh, I wrote another fun story to, to make a fun album too. It was just going to do a single Game Boy thing mm-hmm. and have it be like fun, kind of like old Nintendo-y like sound stuff mm-hmm. and like make it sound like, kind of like Gauntlet, mm-hmm. you know, something fun. Yeah. And it'd be like, oh, Fantasy's like, it's fun. Like like five minute, seven minute songs a piece just for fun with like kind of classically stuff and just kind of mess with like arpeggios and do that. Right. To, uh, it became a whole idea of a, a sword and sorcery Pushed to the point of satire <laughs> stage show with uh, a fully voice acted script. Oh man. And <laughs> like all my guys that I have in the band are all these specific characters. And like we're this like band of gods like playing the music to this story that's happened to these characters that I made. Mm-hmm which is all based off of a Dungeons & Dragons campaign that I played with my friends that we, <laughs> that we wrote and played and did in one night. Mm-hmm. And man, a whole campaign in a night. I mean, it's, it's, it was about, it was about probably like eight hours, right. which is like a D and D day, but like yeah. eight hours of like from, we got there, our DM Porter, who's creative as hell, um, <laughs> got there and he's very much like, okay, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. Okay, let's go. And we'll mm-hmm. figure it out as we go. Yeah. He's very good at that. And that's why he plays... When we eventually get around to recording the voice acting, that's why he's my narrator. Hmm. Is because... And the narrator's like this kind of like sarcastic uh, jerk of a narrator who's trying <laughs> to be this narrator. And it's very... It's fourth wall breaky without being like too annoying about... I think right. too annoying about it because fourth wall comedy eventually kind of gets old to me after a yeah. while. But... <laughs> But, um, so we decided to work on that to be in the, like this fun over the top metal show, kind of like Guar, mm. but with its own thing. Yeah. Um, I got married. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I couldn't be happier about that because she's great. <laughs> that was the dog. That was, <laughs> that was the dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks buddy. Thanks for farting on the podcast. <laughs> Um, oh no. Uh, <laughs> is this the first podcast part? Is this the first part of the podcast? 118 uh, episodes and you got a fart on there? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> hey, we did it. But it's not the, uh, I mean, it, it's not a human fart, so that's, yeah. that's good, I guess. I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, but, 
I got married. You guys were there at the wedding. Yeah. You, Sable, mm-hmm. and Megan, everybody were there. Um, it was quick, easy, simple. <laughs> uh, lots of pie. There was lots of pie. Um, <laughs> I had too much pie that day. Good. <laughs> that was, I, Not good. <laughs> I wanted everyone to take it home. Um, did that. Obviously, I moved down to the city because I got married. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of being in Tulsa, I um, I got a job working for the lottery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's been fun. I like that I get to work pretty much by myself 99% of the time. Mm. I'm just me in a car. Yeah. It's like, all right, I don't have to... Bother be, anyone. Yeah. Be bothered just, by anyone. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> and um, and then just writing. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of, uh, a lot of writing. Uh, I pop in and out of writing the serious fantasy mm-hmm. Book that me and my friend John Paul have been writing, which has the the made up word that I misread that I made into my own word. <laughs> what? Oh, since we talked about it before, since I have big problems with dyslexia and stuff mm-hmm. like that, a lot of times I'll read something and like I see it and I'm like, oh, okay, that says this. When it's like, no, not at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I misread a word by looking at it, and I thought it said, uh, I it was. Amnesia was the word. Mm. I can say that. But I read it either misspelled or my brain just added letters to oh, a letter to mm. it. And in my head, because I have trouble like sight reading, mm. it's because um, novels and stuff like that suck. So I have to like, just do things with web pages and everything. That's why I love touch screens. Mm. That's why I like iPhone. I can sit here and just zoom in and out and be like, this <laughs> says this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but it's uh, amnesias was the word that I thought it said. <laughs> <laughs> which was a term because I was looking for terms for like a dreamscape mm-hmm. and amnesia was the word that came up mm. kind of set up roundabout way. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I just made this up as a word and I'm just going to like own it mm-hmm. and take it for what it is. <laughs> and if anyone disagrees with me, well, it's like, well, Shakespeare made up words and yeah. you still like his stuff. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Amnesias sounds like another Bible character. Yeah. Or right. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, and that, that's been a fun story to, it's essentially how I've been doing it is, if I post all this stuff to my Instagram, mm. so, which is just Metroid Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, I post all that, I post like snippets of, after I'm done writing for a while, I'll take like a few paragraphs and post it there. And mm-hmm. I go into my photo editor and I make some weird art that's kind of relative to what's sure. going on. So mm-hmm. it like looks different and then I'll make a post and then slather it in hashtags and then a bunch of bots will comment on it that mean nothing. Right. I've gotten like two people be like, no, this is really good. And I've responded with, I don't know if you're a robot or real, but either way, thank you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, no, I'm real. <laughs> it's like, thank you. Uh, that's all <laughs> that's I want. That's exactly what a bot would say. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, I've been posting that and that's been a fun story, which once again, much like Heart of the Juggernaut was a story that came to mind when I was in a fit of anxiety mm. and I just texted a whole bunch of dream ideas to my friend, John Paul. And he just kind of like kept them all together and was like, okay, cool. So what you sent me was this now go write that because that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I had the same thing for another story that we've had on the back burner for a while, which was tentatively we called Bushido, which is another story, but with a female lead, but I have a big problem of all my stories kind of run together in this same theming mm. <laughs> and it's led to me being like, I must have a big problem with like overbearing churches because <laughs> all my stuff involves 
killing some sort of god. <laughs> some like and this ice of kings involves a man who wants to get rid of all gods. Mm-hmm. But like gods in the sense of these gods I'm putting in are tangible. Mm-hmm. Like he can see them and talk mm-hmm. to them and it's not like some there's yeah. like two that are like gonna be like the big things, but it's it's like Gandalf to Frodo. Right. You know, I mean it's that kind of Gandalf is technically like just like a step below an angel or at an angel mm-hmm. and not a god per se, but you know, that He's kind of thing. Getting off the white pretty yeah. much is. Is, is like an angel. But like, and then so it's like God, Gandalf. But like, mm. Or technically, if we're going to get real technical, because there's Lord of the Rings fans on there that would like read me for this. Oh, uh, there's it's a like, lot of it, it, it's, it, it's like It's like three, it's like God, it, which is Iluvatar, <laughs> and then it's like the, I think it's the Maiar. I haven't read the Silmarillion because I never read a textbook for fun. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like the Maiar, and then those all have created the beings below, which I believe is where Gandalf the Grey is, is in there, and then he steps up to a Maiar. Uh, I think something like that. Something something like that. They're tangible gods is the yeah, point. Yeah. You can you can yeah. see them and like interact with them. And then mm-hmm. um Bushido was another panic attack thing. I, I seem to write a lot of my get my weird ideas <laughs> when I'm in states of anxiety. Whatever helps. Yeah, whatever works is <laughs> I'm having a heart attack right. <laughs> um but it's uh, that was like another story of I wanted a and I have a ringer I have a thing about making my main characters just be put through the ringer mm-hmm. like just all this which I mean like you want to give your main character strife mm-hmm. but like I mean like I just they get nothing from me <laughs> like nothing I think it's just because of my own upbringing I had to like work for a lot of what I wanted but mm-hmm. it's uh, like. She like she she's she loses her husband and it's like a, a feudal esque era of Japan mm-hmm. and then these gods like offer her like hey go do this thing and we'll give you the soul of your husband back which I think is a fun turn on the other way around mm-hmm. because I I don't get to write too many females mm-hmm. um, and eventually I in some way shape or form she fails to do what she wants I think it's because she doesn't want to kill which will, for knowing me it'll probably be children. Mm. I have a thing of killing children in my stories too, but, <laughs> but, um, and then they'll, a way of being like cast out, they'll send her, uh, through these worlds mm. and I want her to like world hop in a like mega man level style <laughs> setup of like, she's going to go through these different mythologies and learn these different gods and realize that it's like, okay, all this stuff is like, one collective thing and then she's trying to work her way back to kill these gods to get Mm -hmm. the soul of her husband back Mm -hmm. and I thought it'd be fun to have this kind of like just we don't get to see a gritty female samurai Mm -hmm. and I thought that'd be cool yeah Yeah. and so I was like that sounds fun (laughs) and that's so that's just been on the back burner for like Mm -hmm. a year and a half to two years I relate to you a lot in that it's you you try to put stories into your music it's it's not just music by itself yeah. it's not just stories I, I, by I can't themselves. do that i've written it's, some fun stuff before but then it always comes out like like yeah this like 5 second thing to 30 second thing is cool i don't know what to do with it it's just going to sit on my garage band for like a million years mm. no i have to have some sort of narrative some sort of theme so i'm like okay it, and i guess it's just the mind of a musician versus the mind of a composer yeah is it's it's <laughs> what what am i 
telling? What am I, mm-hmm. uh, what, what am, what am I trying to invoke mm-hmm. in like this? Cause if it's, it's, it's that human connection to music. Yeah, exactly. And, and in a way, I mean, Hey, getting into the bit depth of things, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey. um, like, uh, I watched this, uh, Adam Neely video. Do you know about Adam Neely? The, I, I think racist and he has a bunch of like philosophical. Oh, Adam. No. Yeah. I know Adam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've looked at a bunch of his stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm bad at names, but yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. He's inspirational to me, not just as a musician, but just like conceptually as a composer. And he's a bassist. Yeah. Mm. yeah, He is a bassist. (laughs) How about that? Uh, I'm probably more a bassist than I am a guitarist at this point, but, uh, Like, yeah, <laughs> and uh, I mean he's a Berkeley musician. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, uh, he, he talked about like what does music mean? Yeah. Um, and so like thinking about that, the music a lot of times is just telling a story. It's communicating something. Yeah. Um, and in a way, it is like a language, but language by itself is just a tool you use the language yeah. then to well, it, tell it, the stories it's a, it's kind of communication involved. i think uh, <laughs> i don't know if you saw that. is is flyshacker still at acm who uh he was a teacher at acm flyshacker no nah, i don't think so okay good but uh <laughs> shots fired no he was a really nice guy i just i think he he and i had very different ideas on how to do music education. I think mm. we just clashed a lot. Sure. And he was nice. I never said anything mean about him, but, and he was a bassist, so I couldn't be like that mad at him, mm. but, uh, cause I'm prejudiced. <laughs> but, uh, um, I mean, Joe's, as far as I know, Joe's the only bass teacher at ACM. Oh, well, he's good enough to do all of it, but yeah. But, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, I turned a paper in for him, which is the only paper that, I really feel like I was like, okay, I, I got this paper down because Flashhacker was de- very much this like out of the box thinker. So a lot of our papers, if they were weird, they would still get good grades. Mm-hmm. But uh, I kind of wrapped up. He's like, cause he kind of did a similar like topic of like, what is music like to you and being Asperger's being dyslexic and stuff like that numbers. While I still get them jumbled in my mm-hmm. vision and mind, it's still like, I like, I like things tangible like numbers mm-hmm. and, well, it's funny that I write so much now because I've failed almost every English class I've ever been in. <laughs> but like, I was like, I was good at math, mm-hmm. and since math is so like, no, two plus two will always equal four because right. Common Core is a lie. Mm-hmm. But uh, that stuff drives me nuts. Um, but uh, like, if I, if I get the words down right, it was um, is music. It's like music is notes, notes are pitches, pitches, pitches are math, math is the language of the universe, music is math, math is the universe, or music is the universe, music is the language of God. Hmm. It was something of that thing, he was like, sure, sure, he was like, huh, Yeah. okay, and he gave me an A on it, I don't feel like I really earned an A, right, right. but I mean, it was... That was, he gave it. Was, that's kind of the, the thing. Yeah, yeah. Is is waxing philosophical. It's a stretch, yeah. but it's like it's 
there. Conceptually interesting. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but so like theming, like, like I think probably the most two big things for me, like when growing up with music, when I learned that music could be like a story mm-hmm. was uh, like in the hall of the mountain king. Mm-hmm. It's probably like one of my favorite classical pieces ever. <laughs> and I could probably call it as my favorite classical piece. Um, mm-hmm. because it's, it's got the cool themes. It's, you can hear the tension once you learn the story, that song became like a lot cooler and like yeah, a lot yeah, bigger yeah. and like fly the Valkyrie, same thing. Mm-hmm. And like, there's just this cool setup to it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then like, that was always kind of in the back of my head. And then when I got really into Coheed and I had all the books, I was like, oh, this is, like, exactly what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been, like, pursuing that ever since. And then it just became, like, okay, how can I set mine apart? Okay, I'll just make my story a little bit more tangible than a book. I'm just going to put voice acting right on the album. Right. So it's like, cool, you spend $15 <laughs> or $20 on a CD. Here's an entire story mm-hmm. for you and your friends to listen to and have yeah, fun. Yeah. And, like, it's very, like, comical and over-the-top and language and raunchiness because sure. we're – because at 13, with what's, with what's going on in the world, like, you know all this stuff anyway. Yeah. So there's no <laughs> Kids aren't dumb. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I mean, at this point, it, it almost feels like not, to me, it almost feels not worth it to just make music. Yeah. Like, to make music and tell a story and say something make people feel something through story and characters or whatever it might be is, is a lot more content than just like, here's a fun song. Enjoy it. It's yeah. It's you can, you can hear the heart in something Mm -hmm. when it's because it's, and like, I'm not going to, and I'm trying to become better about this because I used to be very like, I mean, I still kind of am, but like Mm -hmm. I used to be very, very opinionated on like music genres of X, Y, Z. (laughs) <laughs> and um like I listened to it and like to the point of even like especially at ACM and like once again I worked with great musicians at ACM and there's mm-hmm. a lot of really really talented people um and um but like specifically and I have so many friends who are talented and fun and write good songs who work in the indie music scene I'm very much more appreciative of what it does behind mm-hmm. the scenes now but like for the longest time I was like, why, like, why do you like this? It's so nothing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I listen to this song and all these, and it comes back to that thing of like, I think because maybe it's my brain recognizes patterns too much. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's like, this is the same. 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 And these are four different bands. You can put them on the same album and I wouldn't know otherwise. Yeah. And, uh, but it's also been kind of fun if I can find a song in a song, mm-hmm. like how, um, like Toto's Africa meshes the same as Adele's, uh, is that song like the other side or whatever, Hmm. like like hello from the other side or whatever that song is actually called. Like, it's like the same chord progression or like how pumped up kicks is mad world. Like it's the same chord progression. And so like once I can, once I memorize one of those big chord progressions that I can hear and I'm like, Oh, that's that. Or like a really dumb ones like how, and it's cause kind of rip off is like in the middle of green days, 21 guns, they just play the full house, theme saxophone solo <laughs> yes yeah, full house yeah <laughs> but um, it, so I had big problems of of finding like 
Yeah, yeah. This is this all so nothing. Mm-hmm. And like, I think there's only a few bands that have kind of broken that up. Like, my wife's a big fan of Florence and the Machine. Mm. And like years ago, if you would put that in front of me, I'd be like, yeah, nah, nah, nah. like mm-hmm. I want something like out there. Mm-hmm. But then like now that like just since it's playing, I can hear it, and I'm like, okay, I can pick out and hear these different things that I like. And like, okay, I've come around. Like I can call myself like I would casually listen to. Sure. Floor's the machine. It doesn't make me angry to listen to. <laughs> like, but there's some stuff like it's just like if, mm-hmm. like you turn on the radio. I'm like, this is the same song again. Yes. So yeah, I think um, theming is big. Yeah, I'm playing a wedding gig in a couple of weeks, and I'm playing like just like pop songs from like all the way from the '60s up to like yeah this decade, and like yeah, yeah a lot of them are very bland and very boring, but like, yeah, they're fun to play. So. uh I'm excited to do so. But. I think it's fun at my wedding how my wife, like, I I had, like, I had, not because I didn't have the option, but my wife sit, pretty much at the wedding set up all the music playlists. And, like, mm-hmm. there was some modern, like, poppy stuff that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Some we took out. Uh, but uh, it all ended up being, like, jazz songs and, like, stuff from Motown. And I was just mm-hmm. like, <laughs> good job. <laughs> like, <laughs> thank you for not picking the same, like, sure, yeah, four yeah. songs. yeah. Um, but like there are some artists that are trying to break that and it's like, oh no, it's not just an album. It's, it's, yeah, there's a concept, there's a story, there's yeah. something here. Concept albums have really picked up. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm so happy for it. It's competition, but it, in one <laughs> way, but it, which is kind of fun, but it's also like it, an album is just an expensive business card. Mm. So <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, I sold over a hundred copies of Heart of the Chuggernaut, but like, I think like I gave out like, has to be like at least plus that like seventy five to eighty of them, mm. just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like take this download card, just take this physical one because mm-hmm. no one's buying it. Just take this, please. Mm-hmm. That's why like the developers when I played XBO in Tulsa last year, like how I had no idea I was talking to the lead set, like music director from Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. Hmm. I had no idea I was talking to him. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to this guy who made music for this and did sound design for this one game and I was really into his game, which was mm-hmm. Perception. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking and like everything like that. I was like, just because I was there earlier, I was like, this game is really cool. I kind of like this. Like I like, like how you did this. Like, mm-hmm. And because I'm a sound guy too, I was going through like finding all these like different things and how it was all set up and he thought it was really cool. We just started talking about that. I was like, what have you worked on before? He's like, oh, uh, I did Bioshock and Bioshock 2 and Bioshock Infinite. I was like, huh. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I I do music too. <laughs> and like, and that was just it was really fun. Yeah. I gave him my stuff and he's listened to it and he's since emailed me and been like, no, I really enjoyed this and he watched part of the show. Wow. And just because I did a show there and he was just like, this is really cool and I was like, I was like, okay, you keep you keep this email and you email me when you have projects you need some like bleep bloops or something yeah. for and I can help you, but uh, I'll do it for. I mean like. I'll do it for free. <laughs> At this point, it's like, yeah, just get my name on something fun. Um, but yeah, theming's been mm. coming up. I noticed a lot of people, it's like, it's not just a show, it's this. It's not just an album, it's this. It's mm-hmm. not, I'm not just playing my instrument, I'm also doing yeah, yeah. this. Yeah, and I've been, uh, I've been listening to quite a bit of rap lately, actually. Um, yeah. But like, uh, the one that I've, really been getting into is uh clipping um okay clipping is uh a trio i guess uh one rapper and two producers okay um 
and after their first album, uh, the rapper doesn't rap in first person, uh, which is really difficult to do in rap because it's so egocentric. Yeah, um, yeah, I can see that. And so it's all about your personal story. Yeah, and so rather than be like, oh, look how awesome I am. Look at all these bitches that I'm getting. <laughs> look at all this money that I'm getting. The, the, like, the, the cliche, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, instead it, it turned into, hey, we're telling this story or giving these vignettes about what it's like to live in the hood. Yeah. And rather than romanticize it, they're just kind of telling it how it is. And it's like, yeah, you're going to go out and sell drugs and, like, kill people or whatever, but whenever you get pulled over by a cop, you're going to die, and no one's going to care. And that's, like... Something more real, yeah. Yeah, and and rather than go, look at how awesome I am, look, I had to work really hard to get to where I am, it's more, um, hey, people have it rough out here, and, yeah, you know, it's it's not all... Something, with, something that's tangible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then with their third album... Um, it just went complete concept and it's, uh, set in the future and, uh, this like spaceship is transporting slaves and one of the slaves, uh, escapes and commandeers the ship and the onboard AI of the ship falls in love with him. Okay. That I'm into. <laughs> Yeah. That I'm way into. I'll need to, like, write that down. It's, yeah, it's called we, uh, Splendor and Misery. Okay. Because cool it's cause the same thing with, like, hip-hop. It's And we can be topical because mm-hmm. it's coming out now is uh, the new Childish Gambino mm-hmm. uh, video. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I heard the song before I saw the video. Ah. And that was the big hiccup because mm-hmm. that song on its own, as much as, like... Cause, it's not like, that great. No, no it's not. <laughs> it, it's a really lackluster song. It sounds... It's, it's mumble rap. It's basically yeah, mumble rap. Yeah, it is. And it, it and that drives me nuts. <laughs> it drives me... And I was like, why is this guy who is so insanely talented, he's, who did hit after hit after hit after, mm-hmm. hit after hit after hit after hit, he's Lando fucking Calrissian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, why is he putting this out? And then I saw the video. I was like, oh... Yeah. It's on purpose. Yes. <laughs> and I didn't get that for like the first, like, I was like, why am I not into this song? Like, why mm-hmm. do I, like that? It hurts. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, it's, it's, it was like losing the misfits all over again. It was just like, <laughs> oh my God, like why? Am I? And then I watched it. I was like, okay, so it's bad on purpose. You mm-hmm. have to see the video, which is a, is a great artistic choice and also obnoxious, but like some, and there's some people who just take it for what it is, mm-hmm. but like, and I was like, okay, so there's symbolism throughout the video. Mm-hmm. And cause, and then at first when I saw snippets of the video before I, again, this is another big thing. I saw mm-hmm. snippets of the video without audio before I listened, before I watched it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and he's just doing the same dances. Yeah. And it's because I also have the same problem of recognizing patterns. When I watched like pop culture, it's like, how many people can do the same dance mm-hmm. to the same song mm-hmm. to the same... Oh, someone invented a new like dance. It's just like this thing, and we're just going to add that in. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's the whip and the nene all over mm-hmm. again, which was the soldier boy beforehand, which was like... Yeah, yeah. I don't know what was... Before. Yeah, but over time, you, you gather up a whole, like, a whole a list whole, of dance moves whole that you can actually dance eventually. <laughs> a whole eight dances. <laughs> <laughs> and you do them and then put it and make weird videos where you call this with Power Rangers. <laughs> and like... A lot of them are funny, and a lot of them are, and like some of those dances, like make you laugh, and they're just mm. stupid looking. Yeah, but and then, we take those dances and we win skits with them. So. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which they're and they're hilarious to look at, and it's and then, but then I wanted to watch the whole thing. I'm like, oh, it's a, it's yes. a painting. Mm-hmm. It's not. It, it's not these separate things. Because mm-hmm. like the music video, like I would love to make a music video, but like 
Nobody if, makes money off of music No one makes videos. money off of them. No one, <laughs> no one makes money off of music videos. No, like, if I put out a music video, like, a whole, like, 30 people would care. Right. But, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing about This Is America is, is that, like, you do have to take the whole thing. Yeah, as a you thing. have to, or it, or it, each the sum of its parts makes a better thing than it's like mm-hmm. fits. So yeah, the, that whole th- talk of theming. Yeah, I like his his face. Like just yeah. he's got a good face. The well, like the the craziness yeah. in the eyes is, is which is so, so which is so funny because I I I knew Donald Glover like eons before mm-hmm. Childish Gambino and all stuff mm-hmm. because he was a skit actor on a website called Derek Comedy. Mm-hmm. And I, me and my friends would watch these kids. Like I'm like when I was in eighth grade, mm-hmm. when he was probably like, like, early high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And was doing these stupid skits mm-hmm. of like, and like you could totally see the same kind of acting is all there. Yeah. And like they shows up and he's like the normal kid named Jerry. He shows up and he just like shits his pants in class. Mm. Shits his pants and then leaves and comes back with a hat on backwards, crying, pretending to be a totally different person. <laughs> like, and he's like. Like, hi, I'm Ryan. I'm the new kid. I like to skateboard. <laughs> Is that my seat? I heard your other kid pooped his pants. What an idiot. Like, and stuff like that. He's just hilarious. And I've been yeah. watching him, like, over these years. And all of a sudden, like, I didn't see him for a while after they did uh, what was the Mystery Team movie, which was hilarious to me. And which is a movie that, like, I think is criminally underrated. I, I don't know what oh, it is. Yeah, it's, it's the Derek Comedy guys. And they did a movie called The Mystery Team, which ah. is like they're mm-hmm. high school guys going into college, but they kind of have these dumb attitudes of like the mystery solving children. Uh, okay. So it's like Donald Glover plays, I forget all the names, it's been years since I've seen it, but he plays, you know, the kid who's the master of disguise and their other friend <laughs> who's the smart one. And then there's Jerry, the strongest kid in town, who's this kid who thinks he's super strong and a jock, but like all the jocks beat him up and hate him. And he's <laughs> like, like weak and st- like they're all dumb and they all do this like and it's you can look it up I'm sure you can find it on YouTube mm-hmm. or whatever they had it on Netflix for a long time but it's it's one of his it's 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 one of the best movies comedy movies I've seen and it mm-hmm. makes me laugh every time <laughs> um, and but I've been watching him and it's like I saw him do that and then I, he went away for a while and all of a sudden he's like oh by the way I put out a rap album that's like critically acclaimed and here's all this stuff oh yeah now mm-hmm. I'm Lando Calrissian it's like Dude, what do you like? Yeah, do yeah. you sleep? Well, <laughs> like, no, because he he worked on he wrote on Thirty Rock, and then he uh, was in Community, and also like I think wrote some stuff on Community as well, and then yeah. uh, the key to well, success well, is yeah, never sleeping. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> always work. <laughs> um, and so, like, but the thing that also people don't get about. Childish Gambino is that he had like mixtapes and then his first album Camp which like nobody really yeah cared about uh, yeah. and his mixtapes like his first mixtape was not good oh no <laughs> it, it was uh, Sick Boy and it, he had like a, a character voice of like a stuffy nose or whatever it was just trying like, concepts yeah 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 but like and then because the internet came out and there's this whole concept album, he has screenplay attached to it. And he, yeah. Like, so, yeah, it takes time for, I guess he was just trying to master what music was as he yeah. was already mastering, like, acting and yeah. comedy and everything else because you just can't 
he just can't master one thing. He's yeah, got to be... conquer everything. <laughs> <laughs> and he deserves it. He does. Yeah. So it goes back to that whole, once again, that whole, and you notice this now in like, I guess this is a weird thought because you notice this now in like media consumption, which it's, I've also become very fatigued mm-hmm. with media consumption. Yeah. Like my buying of video games has drastically, like I just bought Mario Odyssey, mm-hmm. which I used to back when I worked at GameStop and like that marketing was like yelled in my ear every yeah. 10 minutes. You know, I was like, this new game's coming out. I got to get that, beat it. Got to get mm-hmm. this, got to get that. Gotta, and, I'll, and now I still haven't seen Infinity War. I'll see it when I see it. Mm-hmm. And like, it's to the point now, it's just like, I just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Like if one movie came out a year, one game came out a year, I'd be fine. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, just everything, like everything, like, cause I'm trying to write and do my music and all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, I have these games I want to play. Cause like video games are a big inspiration of mine. Yeah, exactly. And like, so like, I feel, it almost feels bad. Like I'm not playing them because mm-hmm. it's such a huge part of my life that I'm yeah. just not doing. But then like I play for a while and I'm just like, okay. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, and I think that's healthy, mm-hmm. but it's just like now with media consumption, it's like, just leave me alone. Yeah. So it's, uh, this whole roundabout of now nothing can just be a thing mm-hmm. like it's the toy has to be the cartoon has to be the movie has to sure. be the this the album has to be the story has to be the which and that i guess it could sound hypocritical coming from mm. i'm <laughs> making bro quest sure which is a stage show like voice acted script chip tune weird album because i can't just make one thing <laughs> so i get if it's like the artistic plug mm-hmm. but it's also like Everything has to have its multiple Right. Thing. But but that's it's it's a difficult thing in in today's age whenever nothing can just be a thing anymore. Yeah. Because because now now it's oversaturated and just one thing will not make it through it won't do the, anything, yeah. the the noise. Which is why which is why the big question that I keep asking, like, what is the point of just like because like in and I say it's oh, prefacing my phrases because everyone can get because there's so many individuals yes. that you can't like say one thing without like a percentage being upset. Yes. Um, I know a lot of singer songwriters. I love a lot of them. Mm-hmm. They're I know like like I'll throw out an example like my friend Jessica Jessica mm-hmm. Herring who if you I think is one of I would argue with anyone in this state <laughs> she is one of the best singers I've ever met. And I don't know how she's not like making a million dollars because she's one of the best singers I know. <laughs> um, and she does a lot of singer songwriter stuff. Yeah. And she's happy doing that. And that's fine. Yeah. She writes great songs. Um, she and I would do Skype stuff over like Skype stuff or FaceTime over the phone. Cause she would ask mm-hmm. me like questions on like, she was trying to teach herself guitar stuff mm-hmm. cause she's a piano player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's trying to learn a lot of her guitar stuff. She's gotten a lot better. I just don't know how people are content writing these singer songwriter stuff like I just don't get it mm. and that's probably just because maybe my own artistic perspective mm. and maybe I don't want to say I take it more I take the music more seriously <laughs> than like someone who is just like fine playing like their acoustic mm. guitar with a loop station and singing a song about like their arguably like skewed like perception <laughs> of like like the traditional singer song like it's all about love. It's all about breakups. Yeah. And then you have the quirky, fun one. Sure. You know, and, the, and like, there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't know how people are content. Mm. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I can't, uh, I don't write love songs. I've tried. I, I can't either. Uh, and like, I've, I've been with Sable for eight years. Like, yeah. I know what love is. <laughs> yeah, 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 I get, yeah. Uh, but like, I just can't get myself to make it not sound like everything you've already heard. Yeah. Because because they they've already because the math problems have figured out it's already been we've mm-hmm. we've because you have only like seven notes <laughs> and twelve keys and their mm-hmm. perspective charts and flats. Mm-hmm. Um, mathematically speaking, every song's been written. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can write that hasn't been done mm-hmm. before. Yeah, and I'm okay with that because <laughs> if it's impossible, it's impossible. <laughs> so. It's all about repurposing the same things over and over and over again. Mm. Like, uh, like the Quest song has the stereotypical pop chorus on yeah. purpose, and it fits. It, it's fun, it's, yeah. it, and that's the point. Um, and it's because the love song has been so done from, I mean, still going now. Mm-hmm. But granted, like you can look and see how the pop music has kind of devolved into this. <laughs> like same thing since like 19, like, like probably like 89. It's kind of just been like, okay, we got it. Yeah. Like, like sixties and seventies. Like look at like the year 1989 or Taylor Swift's album. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that. Uh, probably the year. <laughs> but, uh, um, like, cause we had like the, the big, like pop boom of like the nineties of like, mm-hmm. well, pop songs, like the big, like the boy bands. Mm-hmm. Like we had that coming out of like yeah yeah the the bluesy R and B section mm-hmm. and how can we package that yeah and make it still sex mm-hmm. but like family okayed sex <laughs> and um, and that's eventually like become bigger um, but like you look at songs like like teenager in love and um, Earth Angel and all that stuff and those are the exact same chord progressions yeah yeah look at uh, Ink spots, which are one of my favorite, and the concept of the ink spots, which is just a bl- bunch of black guys in white suits, and they call <laughs> themselves the ink spots. Like, okay, and I mean they, I mean like not even just uh, Earth on, not even like uh, Earth on Fire, like the what they did for Fallout, like Fallout oh, yeah, Fall yeah, Three. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. The ink spots. Yeah, yeah. They have five songs that are the same setup, <laughs> same like structure, mm-hmm. same chords mm-hmm. different words mm. and um like their song maybe you'll think of me which was in i believe was in new vegas i think <laughs> uh it was either in new vegas or yeah i think it was in new vegas and then previously which uh set the world on fire catch the world on fire whatever that title is mm-hmm. it's it's like the same setup yeah it even stops even has the same thing with the the like the lead vocalist guy or one of the guys stopping mm-hmm. in the song and all the guys just do the oohs and ahs in the background while the guy says the verse again. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, so they've been doing this for a long, long time. They got the math figured out, but then we got the package. So love songs now, it's all gonna sound mm-hmm. the same because it's it's so yeah, ingrained. Yeah. Like <laughs> like you can you can make uh love songs different once you're used to the genre because at that point once you have the thing of like it's just words. Mm-hmm. If you can get the feeling in another genre, that's how you turn it on its head. Yeah, yeah. How can I make a black metal love song? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And that's and that is really what I've been seeing in that 
like, there's, um, I, I have this hypothesis about how art evolves uh-huh. over time. And, um, once the art acknowledges itself, the medium is pretty much done evolving. It can still make other iterations among the other branches, but the medium itself, once it has acknowledged itself, it sort of can't go beyond that point. Um, you didn't have to like add a new element to it to make it something totally different or right. So like, um, I, the best way that I can explain it and you, you're a meme Lord as well. So, uh, (laughs) with, with memes, um, once the meme has the meme itself contained within it, it's like, all right, the meme is dead. Yeah. Um, or until like, BuzzFeed shares a thing, then the meme is dead. But yeah. uh, <laughs> that's a different kind of death. Yeah. But um, like with the uh, the guy looking at the other girl while like his girlfriend. Yeah, because like, like, you see those same beams again. Yeah, yeah. It's the car turning, it's the door opening. It's right, the... right. But like once that guy is like the picture on his chest is like himself again or something. <laughs> like, yeah. Then it's like, all right we can't do anything else funny with this meme. Like there's other contexts that it can be funny in, but like once it has reached that point, it's like that meme can't do anything else. Yeah, it can't. Um, and so music kind of hit that point, um, in the 20th century, uh, like it, it was nearing the end of its evolution with, with 12 tone, because then it was like, uh, like, Functional harmony, get out of here. We, we just like get all. We're gonna systematically make it to where no notes are comfortable. There's no home note. This is how we're doing music. This yeah. is the future. Yeah. Uh, and Schoenberg thought like, oh yeah, people are gonna be singing like twelve tone nursery rhymes to their kids. This <laughs> is this is the future. Yeah. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> no. No. But because um, babies don't care about flat five. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Then you get, like, the rebellion on that, which is, like, minimalism. And then John Cage is like, you know what? No music. 433. And, like, yeah. the music is not music, but it is music. Which is, which is that, which, <laughs> full circle again, Flyshacker made us write a paper on that, mm. 433. Uh, I turned in a blank piece of paper, <laughs> and I got an A on it. <laughs> And it made me so angry. (laughs) It made me so angry that I could do that. And, uh, yeah, but like, and of course back, back, you got it. Like, yeah, you got the point. Yeah, no, I totally got the point. And then, and then, and ACM definitely like, and it wasn't ACM that pushed me. It was the people around me, specifically like Joe and like my bass guys pushed. I was very in that point of time. We talked about in the last podcast. And that point in time, I was very angry. I was very, I didn't like myself very much. Mm-hmm. I was very anxious. I was depressed and I was in a very crappy mm-hmm. engaged relationship that mm-hmm. was verbally and physically abusive mm-hmm. and it was not a good time. And so naturally when I saw that stuff being this guy who's playing in a punk band grew up in punk and metal and all this stuff, it's like that stuff made me angry. Cause I'm like, I work hard to make mm-hmm. my stuff. And yeah, some of my stuff's only four or five chords, like I work hard to learn this. I'm here mm-hmm. putting myself on the line to do this and I can't afford this school. And then this piece is famous and all I literally did was sit there. That's 
stupid, <laughs> that's insulting, <laughs> and it shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> and I still have thoughts like that on certain things. I, I get the point of what he was doing, and I get it now, and I think now that I've like kind of broadened my horizons a little bit, I can appreciate that a little bit. I still am not a fan. Right. Well, <laughs> 433 was the death of music. You really think so? Uh, it, within my, my art evolution hypothesis. Yeah. Uh, and like, uh, if Tokyo and Tulsa approves my panel, I, I'm doing a meme philosophy panel <laughs> at Tokyo and Tulsa. <laughs> and, and I'm going to give this thesis. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but like, that's great with, with the context of, of this hypothesis that once the art acknowledges itself, it can't progress any further. Yeah. And so the only way to progress is to just expand on what was previously iterated. On. Take tropes and turn them on their head. Yeah, exactly. And so like, I don't necessarily mean that, like, literally, like, or even so much figuratively that 433 was the death of music, but it it was the last step in the evolution. And once the art had acknowledged itself, it's like, all right, this is the last step that music can take. What else can we do now? Yeah. And so... Then people go to I mean, I'm using electronics. Te- I mean, and, yeah, I'm using I'm using a, a 1989 Game Boy to yeah, yeah. make prog rock, which already exists, and like it's yeah, it's taking the same thing and like and so it on its head and, and so that's the thing. Like you can't progress past 433, but you can take Expand. disparate genres, take two genres, three genres, four like, and yeah. then expand upon that, and then that'll create a new style, and then you can take that style and mix it with other styles. Yeah. And so it, that makes the ever expanding amoeba. Of yeah. Yeah. That's, art that's the, in a contained the Tegel's dialectic. And that's something that's more. Philosophy. No, no, I actually, yeah. that actually makes a lot of sense. I actually, that, that does make a lot of sense. And like, God, meme philosophy. That's so funny. <laughs> and like the only reason why I've been posting all those memes is because it's the only way Facebook will like, let yeah, me do yeah. a show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, and like, besides you, I actually have friends who are like, Oh yeah, you're playing on the 20th. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, now you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know I'm playing a show on the 20th. You know where it is. You know the address. Yeah. So the only reason why you're not going is because you just don't want to, which I can accept. Sure. <laughs> what day is that on? <laughs> the 20th. Well, no, the the date. Like, the, the Monday, Thursday, oh, whatever. I don't know that part. <laughs> I should probably leave that. Like, I can make a meme about what day right, it's right, on. Right, right, Yeah, because that's, that's, that I is think, important think, to people. I think it's a weekend. I'm <laughs> uh, 90% sure it's a weekend. It's a Sunday. Okay. It is, yeah. yeah. Two Sundays. Which, uh, I mean, what are you doing on a Sunday? Like, getting ready to go to. Well, that, not you, it. but like the yeah. listener. The, yeah. Like, what are you doing on a Sunday? Yeah. Like, we're going to Chick fil A? Don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to Chick fil A. You probably shouldn't be going to Chick fil A anyways because they still fund charities that hate gay people. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like, Low key, now high key, apparently, yeah. uh, publicly boycotting uh, Chick fil A. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think my wife and I have gone a couple times, and it's just like, it's we're hungry, it's right there, but it's all like, it's and only if it's not crowded. 
Like, because every time you get it, right. why is Chick-fil-A always crowded? It's not even that good a chicken. <laughs> no, like, it's it's really good food. Like, I'm not I'm not boycotting Chick-fil-A because it's bad food. No, I know. I'm not boycotting Chick-fil-A because they I actually have shady business practices yeah, do. that do. don't support gay people. They're, they do, they they're do. Christian, whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you're not going to chick-fil-a on sunday you're not working at chick-fil-a on <laughs> the only place to work yeah uh, uh, <laughs> no yeah totally go to the show on sunday because it's it's not even it's not even just because we're play, like it's just me playing it's uh my favorite local band is playing <laughs> and i'm playing with them which is crowbone and because walter's in it and me and walter run the same school together walter's one of my favorite bass players i've ever met uh mikey their guitar player he and i are like like two what's that was that like we're cut from the same cloth? It's your both your names are Mikey. So. That too, <laughs> like we're like it's we have the same name and we both write fantasy stories and like the same kind of stuff mm-hmm. and like he and I like bounce stuff back and forth all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, what if this? He's like, this would happen. I'm like, okay, well then this would happen. He's like, well, what if this? And like <laughs> we'll do that to each other a lot. And I've sent him my stories and he sent me his and we write mm-hmm. stuff back and forth. And Sherman's been Walter Sherman for a long time. And I met Sherman at ACM and Sherman's one of the most fun drummers I've ever played with. Um, and they do a power trio, which is one of my favorite band setups, and they're playing one of my favorite genres. <laughs> and they took the same genre that I love and turned it on its head, mm-hmm. which is what we were talking about, which is kind of yeah, fun. Yeah. It's like they're. And when I got the album, I was like, "It's not as heavy as I thought it was going to be." He's like, "It's not. It's very rock and roll, mm. but it's not rock and." They they describe it as like caveman party rock. Okay. Which I like that. Uh, and. So you guys not LMFAO party rock though. Larping my fucking ass off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever wanted to do a tour with this band, that's what I wanted to call it. The LMFAO tour. <laughs> uh, it's just like uh, try not to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> try. What are they gonna do? Sue you. <laughs> sue. Yeah, probably. Uh, but they, I'm not big enough for them to sue me. Yeah, that's yeah, Especially true. if I did like just like we did here, Texas, Arkansas, home, like. <laughs> Uh, but it's also like is Alan Mafeo still doing things I don't like, even know they probably party rocked themselves to death and they uh, remix it 20 times and then called it a day yeah but uh <laughs> it's um like they, they, it's like I said it's caveman party rock in the sense of like you listen to it it's still they do a story concept too and you have and they don't outright fully tell you mm-hmm. but Mikey writes stories and puts that together and then G-Wiz is playing and I've played with her a couple of times and oh, a couple times I played with her once. It was at Norm Music Fest last year, mm-hmm. not this last one. Um, she played just before me, and she was great. Uh, all the crowd loved her and mm-hmm. did all the stuff. And as soon as she was gone, uh, everyone left. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, I'll play for Nathan and my at the time girlfriend and mm-hmm. Walter were there and stuff <laughs> like that." And it was it was fun. And I was I'm I'm nervous with small crowds. I'm not as nervous with big crowds. Yeah. The bigger the crowd, the, the, the more faces there are, the more mm-hmm. it blurs together. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm never going to see any of you again. I yeah. can do whatever I want up here. Yeah. But then it's like, hi, mom and girlfriend and best friend. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why my mom, I think, has come to like two of my shows in my entire life. Huh. Uh, <laughs> she went to one when I was in a punk band. She's just like, hmm, that was great. And then uh, she came to, I think, one of my orchestra performances. And that's it. Hmm. Uh, are punk bands great? Though, like, is that a compliment that you should say to a punk band? <laughs> I mean, I would. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, that was like, that was great. That was like, er, you know. <laughs> well, it's it's like, like that made me feel nice feelings. Like, <laughs> it, 
Were you? Were we <laughs> on the same show? Because uh, I was smashing things. <laughs> uh, I was wearing skeleton face paint and throwing guts at my. Yeah, yeah. I was so. like, uh, that was a fun time. <laughs> um, I've always been this showman with massive amounts of stage fright. <laughs> so, uh, that's what, so the like, more blood there is, the less I could actually show share my actual. Blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which is like that's why I'm so happy to play with Crowbone is because like. It's we, we we mesh so well together, and then G Wiz is this fun like, not exactly chip tune. She's in the she's definitely in that scene kinda. Mm. At least I've seen her around that stuff, but very like synth poppy, and mm. she plays bass. And mm. so I'm like, oh, we're good. And all these good basses. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's great, and Electra's playing on the show, and it's always fun. So it's all a long-winded way of saying. Go see Metroid <laughs> yeah, and Crowbone and G-Wiz. on May 20th. At Sauce. At Sauce on Paseo. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I love that place. So <laughs> I think it's where I, I believe I did my I believe I did my base jury at Sauce. That's interesting. Because uh, Joe's idea was, hey, uh, you're final, uh, and I'm gonna be grading you on these criteria, but it's, I'm grading you on these criteria, but if you're bad enough, uh, you're failing. <laughs> Joe was very like, you would know everything and you can do everything. So if you mess it up, that's on you mm-hmm. and uh, you have to do this over. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, uh, it was like, you got five to seven minutes of just you and a base hmm. whenever you want to add to it on your own, but it's just you and a base hmm. go. Yeah. <laughs> and I originally wanted to do a video game melody and tried to figure all this out. And Joe was just like, yeah, you're not going to forget this out in time. He's like, pick one that you really, really like. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And I picked the theme for Donkey Kong Country because <laughs> it's one of my favorite. It's only like maybe 30 seconds. Mm. And he's just like, yeah, hey, let's jazz chord this out. I was like, Whoa. oh, okay, cool. And so and I still have that memorized. I can still play that. Like, <laughs> my eyes closed. And I do it every now and then just to be like, everyone's like, hey, just do something jazzy. I play Donkey Kong Country like every time. <laughs> because then I can whistle it and then people recognize it. So it was, I had to play... I did it through like once, like once like really slow, and then once with uh, kind of a half melody with everything and recording, mm-hmm. and then I had to do it with a kazoo while playing it <laughs> because Joe told me if there was a sing and and I'm sure he meant it jokingly, but because of my brain, I took it very very literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said if one person wasn't laughing, he would fail me. So I said okay. So I was just like. Like I was just like uh, into it and like it's amazing and it worked. I got an A and it was yeah. I just played Donkey Kong Country at Sauce. Like <laughs> it was very great. I love that. Um, yeah, uh, I was. This is usually the part where I say plug your stuff, but you, we just did uh, <laughs> Crash Course. Uh, you can go see me on the twentieth. My Twitter handle is at the Nerd Viking, and I post. Um, I link my Instagram stories there, so you can find those there. Mm-hmm. Most time, it's just the links. Um, my Instagram is just Metroid Mike. I have a personal Facebook page of Metroid Mike, even though Facebook won't show it to you. Yeah. Half the time. Yeah. Um, you can send invites to freaking everyone to like your page. Yeah. It's really awkward to do. I do it anyway. Yeah. Just <laughs> do it. Uh, it's like I have six hundred. It's like I have it's like eight hundred friends on here, and six hundred of you like the page. So there's like a good chunk of you who just haven't done it. So <laughs> do it again. Uh, yeah, definitely follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm tr- I post a lot on my personal Facebook, 
but definitely for Metroid Mike stuff. Uh, if you want all the stories uh, and the sites of Kings, uh, I post like stuff for that on my Twitter and definitely my Instagram. I post a lot of that and uh, sound clips from working in the studio for working with BroQuest, uh, which is the album, not the band name, Walter. Um, <laughs> uh, he apologized for that. He said on the podcast that they did, they haven't released it. He called the band BroQuest. That's, I mean, it's fine. So I've been referring to it. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so BroQuest is coming. <laughs> it just takes a long time to completely work your stuff on the ground up. Yeah. Into a different genre. Um, but yeah, that's the big thing I would tell you is just follow my stuff there. Uh, I'm approachable. I do conventions. Um, so if you want weird stuff at conventions, I do those and you can completely talk to me. Yeah. I got fun stories and I will talk to you all day about weird music stuff as long yeah. as you don't mind weird opinions. Yeah. No, Mikey's a gentle giant, a lovable, uh, intimidating figure, but <laughs> lovable. <laughs> a big man with a big beard and budget tattoos. And it's yeah. like, you're the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a hashtag listen to Metroid Mike. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that, fun, that fun chestnut. That's <laughs> still, I'm the only one who uses it. <laughs> I tried to make it a meme and it didn't work. It, it, it memed in the comments. Uh, yeah, because there was that time we, I saw it on my on my history stuff beforehand. Of, <laughs> I was I would post these weird things I saw, and then post the hashtag underneath, and you got to read it like, are these really happening? <laughs> like, like, and it was stuff I was actually seeing because I take time to pay attention to what's around me, especially since I'm around for work. I see weird <laughs> stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like that weird karate sign I saw, <laughs> and like the hookers like talking in. Talking about uh, other stories, but uh, yeah, just, just yeah. That I tried. It was a meme for a while, and it didn't work. It died. It died. Thank you, God. Since there wasn't an introduction to the podcast, I'm sure you know that uh, I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm Metroid Mike. Uh, you can find all the stuff that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Uh, there's music there. There's this podcast. You can uh, download and comment and leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to it on Stitcher or on YouTube. Uh, I don't know who actually uses Stitcher, but what do we use Stitcher? That's, that's I, I know the weird thing I see people do pod- podcasts on Spotify. Yeah, I, I tried. They never got back to me. But uh, <laughs> oh, and as a last minute plug, because he's been very nice to me. Um, and because he's actually listened to my stuff. Um, one of my favorite comic writers and podcast people, mm. which I would recommend to you as well, is Aubrey Sitterson. Mm. He does, the most important one is Scald. S-K-A-L-D. And this is a side tangent. You can put this in here and whatever you want to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scald is what, in, one, helped me, inspired me to, I don't know why. I think it just like got pumped when I was listening to it, but it inspired me to get more into weightlifting. Hmm. Um, it inspired me to, and not originally write, because originally I tried writing something and it got so tropey and I, I deleted it, essentially. Hmm. I got rid of the computer, so I, I don't have it anymore. Um, and then uh, it, it definitely got me into writing fantasy and definitely got me like, not a lot. A lot of people don't listen to like essentially audiobooks while lifting weights. Mm. Uh, it's called, which is a low fantasy sword and sorcery ser- ongoing serial. Mm. 
I think he's he's got to be close to like 200 episodes now. Dang. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's Scald. He also did Straight Shoot, which is his wrestling podcast. He's like, he used to be part of the WWE marketing, and now he does strictly, I think, independent because WWE doesn't need help with anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's another big thing is like a lot of the stuff I try to find is a lot, a lot of what, uh, narratives I speak in, mm. pro wrestlers. Like, <laughs> I study the shit out of pro wrestlers because <laughs> they're the best. When you, yeah. If you want to act, like, yeah. like, look at, like, The, jo- Rock. the Rock, John, John Cena. Cena. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, Chris Benoit. Oh, that's a that's a very sad story. Right at the end of the podcast. Yeah, right at the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, I can tell you post this, but no, Aubrey Citizen. Listen to his stuff, uh, AubreyCitizen.com, or just uh, the Scald Podcast. S K A L D. If you're a fan of like Robert E. Howard's Conan, um, very like magic entering the like tangible world things like that which is low mm-hmm. fantasy uh very gory very brutal very mm-hmm. like but also said poetically mm-hmm. and it's also what i wanted uh and the size to originally be as like a podcast mm-hmm. of just me and my voice telling you a story yeah and that's what he does his podcast is it's just his voice in one take nice for 45 minutes <laughs> and it's amazing so i'll plug that as well yeah um, but yeah, listen to that. Listen to Metroid Mike. Um, I'm talking to Ramones. Uh, is there anything else that I need to plug? You can find my music on my website and, uh, you can download it or stream it through SoundCloud or Bandcamp. Um, leave reviews, comment, and I always on my podcast with my three things. Those three, those three things shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.